0: It's Monday and that so happens to be the day that I like to talk about monsters. I'm Jeff Arbuckle and this is Monster Mondays presented to you by Film Seizure. This week we're going to talk about the 1988 kids musical comedy uh, nice little movie called Purple People Eater. Uh, This is based on a 1958 novelty song about a strange being that comes down from space uh, basically here just to get into a rock and roll band. Um, It was written in about an hour uh, by Sheb Woolley, who uh, was an actor, a singer, and a rodeo guy. Um, And he's also the actual guy who was recorded doing the famous Wilhelm scream that's used in sound effects even to this day. Uh, In fact, I think there's a whole thing where um, there are probably websites devoted to uh, collecting every single time that that's been used in a movie. Uh, it's been used in almost every Star Wars movie. Uh, almost every George Lucas and Steven Spielberg movies used it at some point in time. But um, you, know, it, the, there was always a lot of question around what the song was really about. W- was it a, an actual alien? Uh, and and or, well, was the alien actually purple? Or does he eat purple people? The song says he eats purple people, but usually he's depicted as a purple creature who eats people, which if you kind of think about it, it's like how do you make a kid's movie out of that? there's that, a it's Sure, you can put a little fluffy creature in the movie like they did here, but he didn't eat any people. And there's definitely one person in this movie that he could have eaten and I don't think anybody would have cared. But that's beside the point. Um, it is notable to say that Uh, novelty songs were pretty popular in the 50s and 60s uh, and probably even before then Uh, maybe a little less uh, notable like nowadays with just aside from either being just a straight out comedian um, you really only have Weird Al Um, that's really, you know, gets kind of any kind of radio play Uh, but back then, you know, there would be whole radio shows devoted to playing novelty songs and comedy skits and stuff like that of course, Spike Jones is probably the, the best-known person from the earlier days. Um, and then Dr. Demento later. But yeah, you have you know Purple People Eater. You had Monster Mash. You had uh, They're Coming to Take Me Away. Um, you know, songs like that that were just uh, ends up being really, really popular and actually kind of helps seed other things, like either like TV show ideas or, in this case, like a movie, a whole movie made. Uh, that's completely and totally devoted to basically telling the story of the song. Uh, it's, kinda wild, but, uh, it, it's kind of wild, but it's kind of charming and cute, especially when it's made for kids. But um, the song was a really pretty big hit. I mean, the, uh, so much so as a tribute to the song in the 70s, the defensive line for the Minnesota Vikings were, were called the Purple People Eaters and they were a fearsome group and I believe they actually did eat a few people from time to time, but um, it, you know, so it was so popular that they, 30 years after the song came out, they made a movie, not about the song, but about the stuff in the song. It's just, it's, it's kind of wild how, how that really uh, plays out. But this is one of those movies that, that pays a whole lot of nostalgic lip service to the fifties uh, that happened a lot in the uh in the 80s between mid to late 50s to early 60s kind of nostalgic was was really running high it's kind of like nowadays um or at least uh, within the last five to ten years or so there was an awful lot of emphasis put on 80s nostalgia and we're we're going to see that happen with the 90s here very soon too now that we're in the 2020s but uh it's just kind of one of those things. In the '80s, it was all about the '50s because all of the people who were now making movies, um, and one of the creative consultants on this movie was Jim Wynorski, uh, who made a lot of movies for Roger Corman, a lot of um, exploitation movies in the '80s and '90s. But, um, it, but there was there were a lot of people who were running the show now who grew up in the '50s in the early '60s. So now they wanted to to kind of talk about that just like all those people who grew up in the 70s and 80s over the last you know 10 to 20 years wanted to do movies that took place in the 70s and 80s so makes sense it's a kind of cyclical sort of thing that that Hollywood likes to do I guess but um, the movie did star uh, this movie Purple People Eater uh, did star some notable older folks like Ned Beatty, Shelley Winters, and Peggy Lipton but the kid actors Uh, In particular, the star of the whole movie, the the whole star of the movie is Neil Patrick Harris. This was right before he became Doogie Howser. Um, Then also you have Dustin Diamond right before he got his uh, most notable and probably the only thing he'll ever be known for for playing Screech on Saved by the Bell. That started just after this movie came out. And then, as a really itty bitty little girl, there's Thora Birch, who was in uh, American Beauty and Ghost World, uh, in the later at the end of the '90s and the beginning of the 2000s. So, uh, so yeah, some notable people actually in this movie. And there's actually a few of the other uh, actresses that that were in the movie that were the kid actors or the rest of the band uh, that's formed in this movie. They go on to be TV stars in the '90s. So. You know, there's, there's some notable people in this, but we'll get back to that here in just a moment. So, um, there are a lot of things to talk about with this movie. Uh, first and foremost, uh, there's a lot of fifty songs in this movie, and some early 60s songs. Uh, this soundtrack would be um, one of those kind of, uh, like, just song after song of people who would be very, very old today, who would have uh such (laughs) such nostalgia for these for the songs that are in this now this is the golden age of the golden oldies too so I appreciate the songs that are in there but it's kind of funny that this is a the type of movie where uh these old 30 year old songs are like still super relevant for everybody in this movie it's actually really pretty funny how that works out but it's kind of harmless and and kind of silly kind of helps play to the silly aspect of the movie i guess but um so uh you do have little richard and chubby checker who both appear in this movie sheb woolly is in this movie as the evil landlord uh who has a really big part of the plot that that has that concerns this movie but um you have neil patrick harris who plays billy he is uh, a lover of animals And boy, do I get this. He would rather hang out with animals than he would other people. So, yeah, I get it, kid. People suck. But um, his dad is going on a business trip to Europe, and uh, the mom is going with him. So Grandpa, who's played by Ned Beatty, is going to stay with Billy and his little sister, who's the Thora Birch character. Uh, He's going to stay with them for the summer. And Grandpa kind of helps Neil Patrick... Harris you know and uh, just kind of learn how to live life and have fun in the moment and um you know just kind of let loose a little bit and uh you kind of teaches them you know the fun of like well let, let, let's help me you know uh, spruce up my place a little bit here at the old folks apartments and um it kind of teaches him the value of working with his hands and just being just generally living life as fun as possible and kind of just letting loose so uh then (laughs) it's kind of funny though because like Ned Beatty I'm not exactly sure how Ned how old Ned Beatty was in 1988 but he seems really old in this movie and like I know he was in a lot of movies like in the 90s and stuff I'm not even sure I'm not even sure if he's still alive or not to be honest with you but he seems really old in this movie because like he's you know, he, he's hard of hearing, he's got this, uh, he's a little uh, overweight, he just kind of seems like he's run down. But during the course of the movie, he starts to kind of liven up a little bit because he's kind of living vicariously through Billy, which is kind of sweet also. But um, during the, the sprucing up of the house and everything, Billy uh, starts playing Grandpa's old 45 records and really kind of getting into the oldies. And one night, he's playing the, uh, the 45s, and Purple People Eater starts up, which was one of his dad's 45s that, that Grandpa just kind of keeps around. And uh, all of a sudden, well, a Purple People Eater shows up outside. And the, the alien is basically there just to kind of help do two things. One, he's there to help Billy gain confidence and gain friends and really... Um, express himself musically and two he's there for uh to to help the old folks uh, fight off evil sheb woolly from you know shutting down the place and kicking all the old people out um and sure enough you know he's he's able to play the saxophone music out of his horn ned Beatty's like wow that's really great hey why don't you start a band billy you've got a saxophonist already and sure enough billy starts uh you know playing the piano a little bit while uh while purple which is what they call the purple people eater plays the saxophone and that kind of draws in uh this one girl that, that billy kind of has a thing for which unfortunately that kind of fizzled you don't really see anything more with that relationship uh but then dustin diamond comes in he's a guitarist uh then you get this other girl who's a drummer And they form a band called the Purple People Eaters. And they end up going to four Super Bowls, but never winning any. Ah, I'm just kidding. But anyway, the uh, Purple only knows classic songs. And this actually makes sense because it takes 25 years for music to get from Earth to where Purple is from. So that makes sense. That's why he's playing all the old songs. It's not not just because old people were making the movie. Uh, It was because it takes a long time for the... For the planet to get songs um there's some other things that kind of come up throughout the course of the movie like the Shelly Winters character who's Ned Beatty's best friend lives at the at the old folks uh community with him she gets sick and um she's gonna have a hard time paying her rent and of course this makes it easier for Sheb Woolley to try to like basically gentrify the whole place um and the you know he's such an evil landlord that you know every time that uh, it's mentioned on the radio that there's going to be like this Labor Day Save Our Seniors uh, benefit concert he gets so mad at hearing everything about uh, Purple being there and you can meet Purple and you can sing along with Purple and he gets so mad about that that he decides to go out and kidnap Purple and I kind of feel like this is a little bit of a um, kind of tongue-in-cheek way of saying. Uh, that he's trying to rid himself of the legacy of this song, because I'm sure uh, I mean, he was in some movies. He's in this movie, but he's in this movie because he wrote that song. So it's kind of funny how I think he's really just kind of playing uh, almost like he, he hates his own creation. Um, so, but anyway, that plan doesn't work. Purple gets free. Uh, he gets to the benefit on time. Everybody sings Purple People Eater. Everybody's happy, the old folks are saved. Mayor uh, Little Richard says that he's not gonna let anybody ever kick anybody uh, who's elderly out onto the streets and the victim from their homes and so forth, and Purple decides to go home. But before so, it's realized that uh, Billy has uh, gained a lot of self-confidence, which was the whole point of the movie. Anyway, so let's get to the three things that I like about Purple People Eater, and this is, this is kind of a silly little movie. I mean, it, this is a movie that I would have easily eaten up when I was 11 years old. If I had, an, I think I knew that this movie existed. I don't think I ever saw this movie when I was a kid, and I would have loved it as a kid. It's it's one of those things where it's it's a really dumb movie, but it's really really charming and sweet. And it's kids doing things that you wouldn't normally see kids do, like have an actual good rock band and do a fundraiser where they are the you know, they are part of the whole reason people come and want to help out the old folks and everything. You've got these weird side characters all over the place. And as I said earlier, this is a world where 50s and early 60s music was still relevant to everyone in the world and not just the old fogies who are out of touch. Um, There's fantastic chemistry between uh, Neil Patrick Harris and Ned Beatty. It's just a really, really pleasant movie. Second, uh, Neil Patrick Harris and Dustin Diamond are pretty great in this. Uh, You can tell immediately that Neil Patrick Harris is gonna be a star. Just watching him, however old he was, and this, probably 13 or 14 at the time this movie was being made, you can tell he's a star. He can actually carry this movie. And while it is mostly a movie where it's either him and purple or him and Ned Beatty, I mean he's still carrying the 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 lion's share of the of the load of this movie. And it's and if he doesn't work, this movie doesn't work. And I appreciated his character quite a bit. And so it's you know, it, it works because he is already like, recognizable as a star in this. Now, the other side of it, though, is Dustin Diamond. Now, he's not really in much of this movie, and he's certainly not like his more famous character Screech from Saved by the Bell, but he's still a little goofy, and he plays to that really, really well. Like, he's still got the crazy curly hair, and uh, Shelly Winters is trying to give him a haircut, and he's, he's being kind of quippy about it. Um, and you know he's he just kind of seems like yeah that kid's gonna do some things too and he's definitely still one of the greatest parts of watching those old Save by the Bell shows and you can see it here too that he's he's got something he's got something to him. Um, but winners and Beatty in this these are two Oscar nominees who starred in super serious dramas in the past and they're all in on this movie. I mean, they seem like they completely understand that this movie is entirely for kids and they're just going for it. They're just they're just with it and they're going in on it. Um, So it's it's a lot of fun to just kind of see them not see not seem like they're they're a little bit above this movie. Um, I think they realize what they were there for. And I think they really kind of appreciated playing the parts that they played. Lastly, uh, the purple people-eater guy is, is really kind of cute. Uh, in the 80s, there were all sorts of things like My Pet Monster, Garbage Pail Kids, uh, Mad Balls, just all sorts of monster-like things that became really kid-friendly. Uh, even the Universal Classic Monsters had toys back then as well, and that was kind of the beginning of their marketing blitz uh, that continues to this day with the Universal Classics. But, um, you know, this is, you know, it's not only filled with this kind of cutesy kid-friendly lovable monster but everything about this movie is 80s to the max there are malls there are laser shows there are laser shows inside the mall there are kids doing things and being thorns in the side of of bad people i mean these are all 80s tropes that are just played perfectly in this movie um and this really wasn't an uncommon type of movie where you have kids coming across aliens or monsters i mean this was kind of like mac and me but better Um, and maybe a little bit more in line with batteries not included that deals with more of a heartfelt concern for people losing their homes and so forth and, and getting this outside help but as i mentioned this movie really does not have a mean bone in its entire body and I would have really, really wanted a stuffed animal of purple as a kid. I just kind of loved, like, the little Cyclops fuzzy, almost Muppet-like guy that has a horn that plays music. I mean, I'm sure somebody thought that they might be able to make a toy out of this. But uh, as far as I ever knew, I don't think they did. Um, also, purple was created or at least fabricated, as it said in the credits, by the Chiodo brothers. And they were uh, the people who kind of came up with the concept for the Critters and Critters, and they created the killer clowns from outer space. Uh, So, you know, it's kind of created with somebody who kind of knows their shit about, you know, creating these kind of characters, these kind of crazy, imaginative type of, of monsters. But that wraps up this week's Monster Mondays. Don't forget to check out new episodes of Film Seizure every Wednesday and a new installment of Monster Mondays each Monday on FilmSeizure.com. Also, you can go to places where fine podcasts are found, like SoundCloud, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, all those places. Additionally, you can hop on over to Facebook and Twitter to follow us by just searching for Film Seizure. You can also go over to my website bmovieinima.com each and every Friday to check out new posts there. Um, Next week when I come back, it's episode number 100. That's pretty exciting. Um, I've got a really, really good movie. I think some people even think that it's in some regards better than another big movie that it seems almost like it's um, aping off of. (laughs) Anyway, So come back, episode number 100. But until then, stay spooky.